You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as host Phil Ramsey, Blake Shankle, and Tom Hammond dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankel. Along with me, Mr. Tom Hammond. I'm afraid you'd forgotten my name there for just half a second. So, uh, or maybe I was reminding myself of who I am. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I was focused on the music. Is what I was focusing on. I was like, "That is really loud." I have to try to get that uh, tuned in there. But uh, no, I didn't forget your name. Uh, <laughs> I did forget uh, Mr. Phil Ramsey, but that's on purpose because he's not here. Phil's so, invisible tonight. He is. He's not with us t- t- tonight, and so uh, uh, he was usually my sound man. So I have to kind of jump over there and get the board and knock that down. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll get all that and post uh, post edit. <laughs> we'll get all that knocked out. But uh, Tom, good to see you. Hope uh, hope you've had a really good week. Uh, been looking forward to getting back into this study with Romans. Uh, you know, we've just man, we 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 throwing the coal to it. We we going down the track, and man, we're here at a. Had a big verse. You and I were talking about this verse prior to this. This is uh, one of those foundational verses uh, in the Bible. It really, the principle that springs off of that a lot of things spring off of. Really, yeah, the, you cannot overstate mm-hmm. the the uh, significance of one's understanding of the verse you're going to read here in just a moment, because literally dispensational. Theology hinges on what is meant in this sentence. Um, the literal hermeneutic depends on how we understand this sentence. Yeah. Our eschatology, for pre-mail, post-mail, amil, depends on what how we take uh, this sentence and what Paul meant by it. And I think we're going to spend just a little bit of time here. We don't yeah. uh, want to come across as stuck in the mud on something, but this verse is so foundational to really what we do on this show yeah. and from the perspective we teach scripture on this show. Sure. Well, we we see in our opening it says we leave no stone unturned. We're going to turn this stone over, right? Well, I, I wish we would couch that statement with we're not going to leave any unturned we find. There's there's so many stones in Romans. I'm not sure all the theologians in the world for all eternity is going That's, to find every stone. But yeah. uh, we turn over the ones the, the ones God gives us a uh, yeah. sense to see. Yeah, well, we got a big stone right here. and We're going to try to uncover it. We're going to try to un, uh, figure this thing out. And uh, I think uh, th- th- it is. I, this, I go back to this verse a lot when. When I'm when I'm um, I wouldn't say arguing with uh, people who think differently me, but when when they when I when someone else with a different theology than I do from a dispensational theology, maybe an Ami or somebody like that, this is one of those verses, key, really key chapters, really. But yet this verse right here is it's kind of hard to get around. I know there's ways to get around it, but yet um, it's kind of hard to, to. Well, there has to be a lot of stretching and pulling. Yeah. And there has to be a lot of reinterpretation right. of a vast portion of Scripture, mm-hmm. not to just take this at its literal face value. Yeah. This. This right here, this just what Paul says right here, kind of just, man, it's like the glue that holds it all together. It, it pulls so much from the Old Testament and what we're expecting. We're And we're really expecting Paul to say this, you know, from the very beginning of chapter 9. If you go back and you look at the Old Testament and you say that you, you're really expecting 
this really to happen? This this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. If 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 the Old Testament is to be interpreted literally, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I and I, I'm banking everything I think <laughs> I know on that. Yeah. Um, yes, you expect this uh, sentence to be uh, said, and you expect it to be said just as it's said, right? So well, it's really not a hard it's not a hard sentence to understand. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. But but yet we're gonna we're not gonna make it hard. But we're gonna go ask some questions here, and we're gonna look at this. Let me let me read verse twenty five. Kind of run into this, and then we're we're gonna stop kind of short of uh, the end of verse twenty six. So verse twenty five. We read this last week. This is what we studied. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. And that's what we studied last week. And for that, go back to the last week's show. Verse 26. And so all Israel will be saved. There's a semicolon there. So I'm just going to stop. You know, the, the verse continues to go on, but we got to stop with that verse. You just we? loaded the plate. <laughs> well, so, so Tom, tell me why these five words, all Israel will be saved, is so pivotal to what we teach here on Lifesong Radio. Well, it starts with the question, and there's four questions we're going to try to answer here. We're, we're going to try to answer, what does Paul mean by all Israel? What we're, uh, we're going to try to answer the question, well, when is this going to happen? We're going to try to answer the question of what will, this, what will Israel's salvation look like? And then we're going to answer the question of why is God going to do this? And we are just uh, inundated with Old Testament scriptures. We're going to read several as we go through this study. But we're just inundated with Old Testament scriptures that if taken in a literal context, point to the answers to all four of those questions. So let's start with the first one. What does all Israel mean? And that's a very confusing thing for a lot of people because there are other places in the New Testament, Galatians uh, in particular, where Paul uh, talks about the church as spiritual Israel and as the spiritual descendants of Abraham, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless mm-hmm. of their nationality, that the church is a spiritual seed of Abraham. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what has happened to the church uh, or in much of the church, the evangelical church, is that people have said, well, then that means that the church has replaced Israel as the people of promise. That's where we get the name replacement theology. Uh, Replacement theology is also called uh, supersessionism because what that theology says is that the church now supersedes Israel, okay, in the pecking order, in, in God's hierarchy, and that Israel, because she killed her Messiah, rejected God, all the centuries of idolatry, you know, all of it, that uh, God has turned his back on Israel and won't keep his promises to Israel, and now they are all shifted to the church. So that question, I think, is best answered in this way. It's best understood that the New Testament, when it refers to Israel, it talks about Israel in two distinct contexts. And in one context, it is ethnic National Israel. Now, Romans chapter 9 tells us what that even that means. Okay, Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 13, Paul has told us just two chapters back that Israel only refers to Isaac's descendants and then from Isaac only Jacob's descendants. Okay, 
So that leaves out Ishmael. That leaves out the descendants of Esau as far as the national children of promise. But we are still talking about DNA. We're talking about genetics. We're talking about national Israel. Right. When the conversation shifts to spiritual Israel, and that's where people get off on, well, the church has replaced Israel. But what Paul is talking about in that context is Israel is everyone who is in Christ. Hmm. Now, my argument is that in 11, 25, and 26, Paul is talking about national Israel. And I want to give you two reasons why, and it comes right here off the same page. This passage, if you go back up a few verses and start reading about that metaphor about the, the olive tree. That's right. There is a very clear distinction made between the natural branches and the wild branches. So even within the context of this chapter, Paul has delineated two groups. Sure, which we've gone over is the Jewish people and then everybody else, everybody the Gentiles. Everybody who are, who are the grafted-in branches sure. and those who are saved. That's right. So we know from that that we are not talking about some kind of spiritual Israel. And the second thing is uh, there is a very distinct contrast even in this verse between Israel and the Gentiles because it talks about the fullness of the uh, the, mm. the fullness of the Gentiles. We talked about that last week. Yeah. So in the very sentence, Paul is ta- is obviously talking about two groups of people, and if we can eliminate the saved Gentiles here from being what he calls Israel. We know we've got no other choice then but to understand when he uses the word Israel here, we're talking about ethnic Israel. So that's the case, that the church and Israel are two distinct entities. Because you why would I, I, you can't really come up with a reason Paul would talk about them as one and the same and yet talk about them as two separate entities all in the same all in the same chapter. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, it just it kind of flows with the argument here is he's he's just come off of saying that there's a partial hardening upon this Israel here. Well, we have to say that's a national. And yes. so we have to by context, by scripture interpreting scripture and just that immediate context, we we have to see here that verse 26 has got to be this national Israel's as well. Yeah. Just just you know, hermeneutics here. I would So, that raises the next question. Uh, what does he mean by all Israel? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, but the Bible actually gives us an answer to that. Now, does the question mean, does every single individual who is a descendant of Isaac and Jacob still alive at the time that this salvation occurs, are they going to be saved? And Ezekiel tells us No. He tells us that at the time this all takes place, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, at the time this all takes place, which is going to be at the end of the tribulation period, right before the inauguration of the millennial kingdom, there's going to be a judgment of the Jews. Okay? There will be rebels in the Jewish camp. And Ezekiel tells us they will be purged out. Uh, it's Ezekiel chapter 20 If anyone wants to go there Verse 33 If you've got that Blake And want to read it start, yeah. Just start with verse 33 there Yeah I will He says here As I live Declares the Lord God Surely with a mighty hand And with an outstretched arm With wrath poured out I shall be king over you 
I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples. And there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge you from... Yeah, is this the verse right here? And I will purge you from you, the rebels, and those who transgress against me. Yes. So there's going to be a judgment of the Jews, and I think, actually, this happens just prior to the sheep-goat judgment Hmm. in Matthew 25. First, Israel is judged and purged of the rebels, and then the peoples are judged in the sheep-goat judgment as to how they treated the Jews during the tribulation period. If you remember in the sheep-goat judgment, Jesus talks about, well, you gave water to the least of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we take that verse out of context we a lot. totally but. take that out of context <laughs> and, and think that has something to do with the here and now. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't give a drink of water to a person that, right. that needs it, yeah. but that's not what's being judged there. What's being judged there are the Gentile peoples mm-hmm. and how they treated the nation of Israel during the tribulation period. But it seems to me just prior to that, if we place this judgment we just read in Ezekiel 20, at the time of Israel's salvation, that Israel herself goes through a judgment where the rebels are are Mm -hmm. purged out. So not every person with Isaac or Jacob's blood in them at that time is going to survive this judgment and enter the kingdom. Hmm. So, well, so, so so we can't interpret all Israel okay. as, as that. Well, well, we have we have that. <laughs> that seems like a typical uh, problem we have a lot of times with all and and all means all and all means all all the time. Well, y- y- we have to we have to let the Bible interpret the Bible, and so we've we've proven here, or at least we've shown you shown that in Ezekiel that there's it's not truly at that time that all of Israel is going to be saved. So what does he what does he mean by by this time? I think all Israel equals ethnic Jews who survive this judgment and become the part of spiritual Israel, Hmm. which the church has already been Hmm. designated as. Hmm. So, so this all of Israel. So what we're looking at, it's going to be a, and I can't say really it's a vast majority, but it will be those who are standing at the end time. Correct. And and I think in time, but yeah, but but at the end of the tribulation period, hmm. I think it will be, I don't, I don't know if we can, associate the word vast majority but i think it's going to be a, a super majority yeah well we're going to see two-thirds gone that's that's but the rest right well no the, two, the two-thirds are what zechariah and what you're referring to there's a passage in zechariah that says two-thirds of the jews will be killed during the tribulation period but we can't associate their they will perish as in lost and go to hell it just means two-thirds of the jews will die Hmm. Okay. During, okay. During we, the tribulation yeah, period. I got you. So, so, but what we're seeing here is we don't know how many are going to be purged from the camp of Israel. We know there's going to be there's going to be some. So, not all means all. But yet, if I was to say this, let's let's use this. If I was to say, hey, all of Covington was at the fair last night. Well, truly, not all of Covington. But yet, what I mean by that is there was a vast majority there at Covington. You and, know, at the fair. And if you're talking in generalities, mm-hmm. as Paul is here, mm-hmm. it's a legitimate way to say it. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's I think that's a good point because we, we, we that you've made there. So, so this question is: is when is when is all Israel saved, or who is all Israel? Is is really we're looking at God turning from the Gentiles, which we looked at last week. Him 
turning, whenever that is, we, we kind of nailed that down where we thought that was, but yet now he's turning back to the Jews in which he's going to save all of Israel, and the way he's doing it and, and how many he's coming, it's going to look like the vast majority of national Israel, Jewish people of that ethnicity are turning to the Lord. Yes. And that would go well with Scripture that we read in what? Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel? From from right? the time of Abraham to until the uh, uh, New Testament days. I mean, the Old Testament is just absolutely full of these promises. And in very uh, vivid detail, we're going to see. Yeah. It, it's really, a lot of people look at the Old Testament like it's a lot of vagueness and a lot of spiritualized uh, m- uh metaphorical type writings, poetic writings that have got all these different meanings for all these different people. If you just take it at a literal face value, Mm -hmm. man, it is just full of details about what this salvation is going to look like. Well, you know, I I just, I can't help but as I'm reading through Isaiah right now, or excuse me, I've gone through Isaiah. I just got through reading through it. I'm going through Jeremiah and um, I'm approaching the new covenant, which we're going to get to a little later, but as I approach this, and as I as I as I understand God's covenant that he that he cut with Abraham, this uh, just this uh, uh, unconditional covenant, not based on anything Abraham did or anything Abraham's offspring, the Davidic covenant, in which uh, it was all based on what God said He's going to do. As I read all these things, I, I see and I, I see these promises that God has given to the national Israel. I see those things, and I and I see. It's partial fulfillments when 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 Israel was exiled to Babylon, but we see partial fulfillments in them coming back to Jerusalem, but yet it doesn't look at all like what God said it was going to look like. You know, ultimately in the end, you know, this this there's 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 let's just say this there's fulfillments there there's promises there that have not been totally fulfilled. Yeah, and the way I look at that is in what you're referring to are what I call a lot of types. And what that technically means when you're talking theology is kind of a foreshadowing or a an early taste mm-hmm. of something that's going to be fuller and and more complete later. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we see a lot of we we see a lot of that. We see in the Babylonian exile, we see this this future hardening mm-hmm. uh, punishment that that's going to come. I think in more recent times, I think in the in the Holocaust, even at the uh, uh, during the World War II time, I think we were seeing a precursor of the persecution that's going to happen mm-hmm. to the Jews during the tribulation time when yeah. the, when Antichrist is on the earth. So just just thinking through this and just looking back to really almost this book ends with uh, Paul's earlier question, right? With with chapter nine, he, he you know asking the question, well, what about Israel? What about us? You know, the question that comes to mind with the the reader here, you know, as they're reading through eight, God's election, God's God's choice, but what about Israel? They look apostate. They, they're not here. Uh, I thought we were God's people. I thought we were His chosen people. And Paul's done gone through the litany of <laughs> why it doesn't look like that right now. But yet now he comes in and puts this book in and says, "Was well, guess what? All Israel will be saved. God's going to turn back to those people. Yes, and there's going to be a literal fulfillment of all these literal passages in in the Old Testament. You know, and then I said that the Old Testament included a lot of details about what this uh, saving all of Israel is going to look like. And that really breaks down into four other things we could go into. Uh, Just what is it going to look like? Well, there's going to be a judgment. You just read that while ago in Ezekiel. Uh, there's going to be mourning mm. 
Mm. And when I say morning, that's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh, so, okay, yeah. There's not going to be a morning of, I got you. Right. There's a sadness. There's a sadness. <laughs> Where's that? Where do we see that at? Uh, we actually see that in, in um, Zechariah chapter 12. And Zechariah tells us uh, what, happen, what happens at this salvation, uh, Zechariah 12, verse 10. God says, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me, me whom they have pierced, past tense, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. In that day there will be great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning of uh, Hadadrimon, in the plain of Megiddo. In other words, this is after the Battle of Armageddon. And remember when all the corpses are there and the birds are going to eat the flesh right off the bones? Uh, we, you know, we read about that in other places. God says, the land will mourn every family by itself. And then if you just skip over just a few verses to the first verse in uh, Zechariah 13, 13 1. In that day, a fountain will be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for impurity. Blake, this carries me back to the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. mourn. Yeah. The people who are going to get into the kingdom are the people when their sin is put before them and their hearts are softened, their eyes are opened, and their ears are open. They mourn over their sin. And that is what happens to national Israel here in Zechariah. Yeah, that's that's good. He says, I will pour, I'm going to do this in Zechariah. He says, I'm going to pour it out. What's he going to pour out? The spirit of grace and supplication here. We, we just see this. We see this turning to Israel. And this is this has to be Israel. It has to be. This is who he's given this to. And and so this is what this salvation looks like. It looks much like our salvation as well, right? This mourning over our sins. It does, but I do want to make one clear distinction yeah. to show that this isn't talking about the church. Let's look again in Zechariah twelve ten, So that they will look on me whom they pierced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got news for you. Yeah. The church did not pierce Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even in existence. Right. On the day of, uh, that he died on Calvary. These are the Jews who executed Jesus right. through the Roman agency. That's I get right. that. But it, it was, was the Jews. Pilate didn't, he wasn't going to even send him. Right. He was like, ah, you got to figure something right. out. They wanted to kill him. So those who want to argue that the church has replaced Israel has got to, they have to explain to me in Zechariah 12, 10, well, when did the church pierce? Okay. Mm -hmm. When did the church pierce? Yeah. The Messiah. Yeah, well, he even says here, I'll pour down the house of David. Well, I, I don't think you and I are from the house of David, or from Jerusalem, for that matter. If, I know I'm not. Yeah, I'm adopted and didn't know it if <laughs> I, I am. But, but you see that. We, we're just showing here scripture references of what God's going to do to these people. And this is what we. This is what God says he's going to do. We, we fully trust this, that God's going to turn back to his people. And, and the Jews are, right now, their eyes, he's already said, there's a partial hardening. There is this, this I mean, they still don't believe the Messiah has come. Well, not now. They, they yeah, do at this time. In, yeah, in no, that's what I mean right now. You know, Paul, let's talk, let's say one other thing about this morning. Paul tells us, I think it's in the Corinthian letter, he says that there is a mourning that leads to, re there's a sadness that leads to repentance. Hmm. Okay? This is that sadness that leads to repentance. 
you said it looks a whole lot like our salvation. Now, that's where it starts looking like our salvation. Right. And this realization of what they've done, you say, well, what does Israel say? Okay, they're, they're, they're weeping. They're, they are in great sadness. What, what, how do they respond to that? Well, we actually read that in Isaiah 53. That's exactly what I was pulling up right here. Okay. It's funny how we had the same thought here. Yeah, the suffering servant, right? We, we, it's funny. We put that to us a lot of times. We look at that, and it's a great verse. It's a great verse to go back and look at prophecy there, but this is not really prophetic. This is Well, it is prophetic, but it, this is Israel looking back at what they did to the Messiah, correct? It, yeah, and it is, it's very prophetic. Yeah. It just has it's, it's an unfulfilled prophecy sure. so far. At, this, this is what Israel says yeah. when all Israel is saved. That's right. So if you want to read some of that, yeah. let's remember from Zechariah, they're mourning. Yep. They are they are in deep deep sorrow about what they've done over their sin and what did they say? Yeah, he says he was the this this is them for he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. We got to figure out the pronouns there, right? We, yeah. Uh, Go back up to that first verse, okay. though, because oh. because that's one a lot of people. I'm sorry, I missed. I did. I missed that. Yeah, read that. Who first has one. believed our message? Question mark. What that means is it's not the message they were giving. Mm-hmm. It's it's who believed the message we were told. And they're looking around at each other. It's like none of us. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. You know. And yeah. you know, Paul it's, was pulling his hair out, trying to get them to listen, right. understand. Peter, there on the day of Pentecost, was trying to get them to understand. Yeah. And I think that's what they're looking. I think specifically they're looking back to the day of Pentecost here, and saying who who believed our message, yeah. who the message that was sent to us, who believed it. It was a rhetorical question because nobody did, right? No, nobody did. Yeah, it was, a, it was no. And then they go to, and then the you know the verses you just read then later. Yeah. So that is yeah. what Israel is saying uh, at at this time. And then of course uh, the prophet Ezekiel just gives us such mm. detail on the transformation that takes place. You know, we talked about this this sadness that leads to sorrow. We see in Isaiah fifty three confession. Yeah. Okay. And now in Ezekiel thirty six and thirty seven, we see, uh, we see transformation. We see actually the new birth. So, uh, Ezekiel thirty six, starting verse twenty five. You got? Yeah, that? I got it right here. Then I will sprinkle clean water on them. It's interesting. I was reading this verse today. Aside from our Bible study, it's it's just I love this. I will clean, sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I studied this verse. Let me. This is awesome because when you back up and read the context of this, first of all, they had been kicked out of their land, right? Been kicked out. And, and and scattered throughout the world. Jesus yeah. said in I think Matthew twenty four, he's gonna send angels yeah. to bring them in from the four corners of the earth. Absolutely. They they had been but they had been they'd been exiled. They're living in Babylon. They're they're they are they, you know, they had been so associated with their land. Okay, and it, you're talking about the contemporary time of Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's yeah. what I'm sorry. That's that's what I meant. Yeah, here I in Ezekiel, they they had been so associated with their land that that God had given you that land. Guess what? Now you're not even a part of that. And and then and here we go. Uh, we see this this promise of, and he says here. Um, uh, 
Verse 23, I'm just going to back up. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which Israel did. This is what they did. Judah did. Which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all lands, and bring you into your own land. Now, that... That was kind of a scary thought there real quick because going back into their own land, remember, they were under the Mosaic Covenant. They had already got kicked out of their land before. Well, that that's really not a true blessing apart from what we're fixing to read. That's not really because now it's like, dead gum, we're going to mess up again and we're going to get kicked back out again. But like we just read, but here is the boom. Here is the great thing that he had not done prior to the new covenant. And because this is almost a reiteration of Jeremiah 31. And like we just read, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. I'm going to give you a spirit. And now those, those, those uh, commandments you couldn't obey, now you have the ability to obey them. Well, I've got good news and bad news. We're out of time. You have jumped. Uh, the I'm good sorry. news is you have you, you're already answering the why is God going to save Israel, and we are out of time. Uh, we're trying to keep us at a thirty minute show, but I'll tell you what, Blake, you have got this so set up for next week. Let's come back. Let's talk about this transformation more because Paul has talked about right now. There's a partial hardening. And then in Ezekiel, we read he's going to take out that heart of stone, give him a heart of flesh. Yeah. Let's get into more detail about this transformation next week. Let's get into more of this about why he's going to save Israel. And then something you've brought up two or three times tonight. Let's talk about this new covenant. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. when we're going to have a lot to talk about I, next week. I'm so jazzed about the new covenant. I, I love it. I mean, we're, we're part of it. We're, I mean, we're, we're, a, we're a recipient of some of the blessings. We're, we're, we, are, we are sharing in its yeah. promises, yeah. but that, it has not been ratified That's yet. right. So that's going to be an interesting topic next week. I can't wait. I'm glad we foreshadowed that a little bit. But, uh, man, what a what a, a great topic to be able to talk to you about. What, what, just great scripture here. But uh, come back next week so we can talk a little bit more. Uh, just dive into more. We're going to continue to un. We didn't get all the stone uncovered. We just got a little bit. We got about halfway. <laughs> we still got more to do. Uh, we uh, hope to uh, see you back next week on another episode of Lifesong Radio. You can always visit us at lifesongradio.com, or you can go to our Facebook page and visit us at Lifesong Radio. And always email us at lifesongradio01 at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. I check it every day. Lifesongradio01 at gmail.com. If you got any snarks, comments, uh, questions, whatever you want to do, send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. But, Tom, I guess we'll see you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.